0: Hello everyone, this is Harshad and you are listening to the Library of Diversity Podcast, where I bring you the experiences of trailblazers around me working towards a greater inclusion in our society. Wherever you are, I hope these conversations help you be more informed about the many benefits of diversity and inclusion that can bring you closer to achieving success in your professional, social and personal lives. Happy reading. In today's episode, meet my friend Harsha Ravikumar. Harsha works as a product manager at Microsoft and leads the employee resource group Gleam India, where Gleam stands for the Global LGBTQI Employee and Allies at Microsoft. We discuss diversity and inclusion at work. Is it really important? And what is it that the companies and its employees gain out of it? Here's a short clip.
1: so there's this beautiful exercise called river of life where you are expected to draw your life as a river where you are a river and you're flowing through the mountains valleys and beautiful things around and mm-hmm. you are the river and you tell people around you that this was your journey so far and, and wow. it doesn't be it shouldn't be like i did my graduation from so and so school or i did this it should be more real and more personal as much as you can share with your co-workers. But that exercise, I always do it with my new team members or whenever I'm moving into a new team, I propose it to my manager that let's do a river of life exercise because there you'll be able to really understand where this person is coming from. And because you're working with them every day, you will now be able to understand why are they making certain judgments with the code they're writing or with the way they are using you know, with the way they are thinking about the strategy or whatever, right? You'll be able to be, now be able to relate to why this person is taking certain calls or why this person is doing certain things because this has been their lived experience.
0: I met Harsha while organizing a Library of Diversity workshop and learned about his incredible passion for DNI initiatives. If you work with a team, want to learn the benefits of having diverse colleagues to maximize your team's output, or you're running a company and want to learn how D&I can be a differentiator, you should listen to Harsha and get to learn from him the social, economical, and importantly, the human implications of diversity and inclusion. Here's my conversation with Harsha. Hey Harsha, thank you for joining me. Uh, Hey Harsha, Thanks. thanks again
1: for inviting me on this conversation, uh, really important conversation to have uh, at this juncture of where we stand in India in our journey of inclusion.
0: To start off, I thought it would be great to know the Harsha Ravi Kumar origin story. So let us know about your professional journey and how you came across working towards diversity and inclusion at your workplace. I started
1: off as a developer straight out of college in this tech firm then it was all going good. But back in my mind, I was fighting my own self, trying to understand what it takes to be a quote unquote, heterosexual man, kind of fighting the the projection of the world on myself versus who I am, what I personally believe in. Right. Mm -hmm. And then when that was happening, it was sort of giving me an identity crisis at some point of time. I was trying to understand very hard that, will I be able to cope up being a homosexual man in this world, Mm -hmm. especially in this country, especially being part of a corporate world, etc., etc. And this was pre-377 read down or partially read down. And an era where... Homophobia was part of your lunch table conversations where inclusion around LGBTQI plus was looked at a very different lens altogether. It was looked at as if not something we would do in India because culturally it's not aligning to our value systems. It was that time when when I needed to help myself and and, and needed to understand that this is definitely going to work out um, if I start acknowledging who I am. It was that itself was not an easy journey. I, I I had to battle mental health issues and take professional help. And I'm a huge advocate there. Anybody needs help should take help. But then what it helped with is gaining that confidence of who I am. And and then I saw the ray of hope when I started seeing few of my leaders at workplace talk about LGBTQI plus inclusion. You know in a very candid way that just kind of striked to me that it's important you fight for what is right and if that personally makes things right for you you Hmm. better take the charge on it um I don't know if everybody can do it I was privileged enough to take that chance I Hmm. that battle on myself saying I need to help myself and in turn if I am able to help people around who are probably going through similar Prices or issues like me that's like another add-on profit to what I'm trying to invest on but at that point it was purely to look at how can I help myself how can I make this place where I work a more inclusive place for my own self that's where the selfish agenda comes in because I was not feeling included I was not feeling heard uh, so I said okay can I make myself feel included in the workplace I work while doing that i realized that it's it's a real it's a larger problem we have to solve um, not just lgbt plus but a larger inclusion problem so yeah that's how i got into inclusion space i still work as a product manager now i have moved mm-hmm. my discipline to be more closer to the product with the vision of the product but but i i think dni is still a, a huge part of what i do and the identity i carry in the workplace
0: To start with the very basic of what diversity and inclusion really is for a layman, uh, how would you explain that? What is diversity and inclusion for you? I think diversity is a fact.
1: You have, I mean, the very fact that every human being is so different than the other person you're sitting right next to while you're listening to this podcast or the other person you know in your circle. You're very different people. There is no way you can put... Any human in similar kind of box, there has to be a unique features, unique characteristics of every human being. So diversity is a fact. You you agree to it, you disagree to it. It's a fact. But mm. inclusion, I feel, is a choice. It's, it's definitely a choice every person makes at every situation, be it including, uh, you know, different kinds of friends you make i would say the first checkpoint every person can make of how inclusive they are is the kinds of the kind of friends they have so we do this amazing activity of inner circle in our workplace where you ask several difficult questions uh, and ask people to just think of number of people that fit in that box it could be how many of my friends are from a different faith of than mine or how many of my friends are are having a, are from a different generation than mine, or how many of them are from a different language, different cities, things like that, you just mm. realize that the more inclusive you are if you are able to fit in different people in that boxes, but if you are not able to fit in different people in that boxes, that means you are looking at the world which is similar to you, and that will mm. not take you farther as a person. Uh, the evolution kind of stops there if you ask me, but yeah, so for me, yeah. in simple words... Diversity is a fact and inclusion is a choice you make. And Mm. and it has to be a very well-thought-through choice every human being makes.
0: You said it is a choice. So what does a corporate entity get out of making a choice of including people from different diversities and embracing them in their culture? Why are so many companies focusing on diversity and inclusion now? What are the moral, social and economic implications of that
1: right and i think this is an amazing question i tell you that because it's aligning to our dni mm-hmm. philosophy at the workplace i i am right now at mm-hmm. even when we i mean this is a question anybody would have right like why is it uh, so important for a firm which is so uh, driven by the sheer profit they make how is dni adding value to any of that The business case is pretty simple. We are all, all corporates are driven by the profit they make. It could be through services or the products they sell, right? Just by identifying few numbers globally available, the the spending power of women in the world is 43 trillion. LGBTQI plus community is 3.6 trillion. Um, Black and African American in USA is around 1.3 trillion. So when you look at the spending power of specific diverse communities, You're realizing that unless you cater products to that community, you're not tapping into that spending power. Spending power here in simple words is the amount of money this community collectively has Mm -hmm. to buy products or take services in this world. Right? So the business case is pretty simple as that. You have to build product that reflects to everybody. And in that way, you're making more profits. And in that way, you are staying true to the world's real reflection of Hmm. what exists. So that's that simple business case. Now, the geopolitical case comes. A company, if it's specifically multinational company like ours, uh, operates in different countries and their employees are from different economic strata. They are from different social backgrounds, religious background. Right. You need to keep all of them tied together with your company policies or inclusive agenda, the only mm-hmm. way to do it is making it real for every one of them, right? Making it mm-hmm. generic, yet including everybody in it. That's a very difficult, uh, you know, um, catch to fulfill, but I think mm-hmm. corporates are doing it. They are making that subtle push in countries where probably LGBTQI plus is, inclusion is definitely a no-no from the, law Mm -hmm. of the land but they are making such some positive interventions here and there because of the again the business case because of the amount of lobbying or the amount of investment they can make in that law of the land so they are able to make that social you know shift in the countries they operate in just to help their own employees now again this is back to their own employees well-being and and that is tied to the social or the geopolitical case where it's important for companies now operating in different kinds of law of lands, different kind of environment to bring in that company culture, which has to cut across all these countries or all these different areas. And the final one is probably the most important one, if you ask me personally, is the human mm-hmm. angle to it. Why do we do it? is to really say, um, um, is to really look at how it impacts on productivity and what it impacts on person's behavior or, you know, being self or being their own self, right? You as a company, you would want to create a culture where you reflect the society. If like I was saying, right, you cannot create a great product if you have similar thinking minds, Because you may be able to create a good product, but it will not serve everybody you are probably planning to release it. So for you to create a great product which reflects to everybody outside and to be able to sell it better, I think you should have a reflection of society in your own workplace. You should have people from all kinds of communities working in your workplace because they bring in their... Personal self when they work, they bring in bring in their own personal lived experiences when they work, and that is valuable. That is valuable. And how do you make it more conducive for them to be their authentic self at workplace so that you can cash on their experiences? Now, I as a company, I don't have to do a huge research on how would I sell this product for a market probably with uh, you know uh, visual impairment. If I have somebody working in my own company, I can run a pilot with them and figure out that this will work, this will never work, and then release a product which is more mature for that market. And Mm -hmm. the only way for me to do it is having that reflection in my employee workforce. So the last angle is purely on human angle where you enable people to be their whole self so that you can tap onto their experiences and probably build better products.
0: That's super interesting. I think this is something not only big corporations, but even startups should definitely work towards and you know be mindful of to have such diverse workforce to begin yeah,
1: with. I think startups are looking into it. Some of the advisors I know for, some of the advisors and mentors I know in the startup ecosystem are pushing them to think in this direction from the very beginning. Because like, like we are all discussing, DNI is a definite differentiator in the market right now how inclusive is your product defines the or derives the profitability of the product so a startup can look at it as well while they are of course trying to figure out a whole mammoth of other things to figure out mm. but if they can squeeze in this small little thing it's definitely be, going to become a differentiator at some point for them
0: so coming back to teams like when you work with teams at your workplace have you experienced any such benefits of working with people from diverse backgrounds yourself personally
1: yeah i mean um, i would probably in the in the in the diversity umbrella i'm going to also put personality traits as well because that's where personality traits or where they come from is also a background i would look at because the larger dna agenda has probably a different kind of angle to it as a company like i was saying how do you build better products, profitability, political and social responsibility, everything. But for a team, it would probably be as simple as how do you coexist and work with each other, right? Because you spend close to 10, 8 to 10 hours of your day at a workplace and you cannot work unless you address all your non-inclusive behaviors or biases against certain people or communities or certain kind of characteristics. Okay. Personality traits impact in a team to function. Not everybody is extrovert or everybody is learned how to be more expressive or be more communicative in a workplace, right? And that is super, super critical for some of the roles we operate on. Don't associate personality traits to a job role. And that's a big bias we have to break for every team don't very crude way don't assign ux ui work to a woman because you assume that women are good with colors and women are good with making such decisions maybe all women you know might be good at it but you may have few men who are probably good at ux and probably good at identifying what works best with the color combinations they are trained with so it's it's a skill anybody can acquire don't associate a gender or a personality trait to it don't put introverts into a role where you are by default not expected them to work collaboratively because they cannot work collaboratively so there's a bias there address it if you need to make accommodations to work with an individual you need to make accommodations to work with an individual right okay. so yeah so for a team i think in in my past we really had to get back to the human angle of it. So there's this beautiful exercise called River of Life, where you are expected to draw your life as a river, where you are a river and you're flowing through the mountains, valleys, and beautiful things around. And mm-hmm. you are the river. And you tell people around you that this was your journey so far. And, and wow. it, doesn't be, it shouldn't be like I did my graduation from so-and-so school or I did this... It should be more real and more personal as much as you can share with your co-workers. But that exercise, I always do it with my new team members or whenever I'm moving into a new team, I propose it to my manager that let's do a river of life exercise because there you'll be able to really understand where this person is coming from. And because you're working with them every day, you will now be able to understand why are they making certain judgments with the code they're writing or with the way they are using, you know, with the way they are thinking about the strategy or whatever, right? You'll be able to now be able to relate to why this person is taking certain calls or why this person is doing certain things because this has been their lived experience. So you'll be able to probably respect them as a human more, fellow human who's had a difficult times in the past and who's probably having a difficult time at this point of time. So yeah, you just bring that beautiful exercise in. I would advise people to go through such exercises even in a corporate because it just brings the human element to it. And then you'll be able to respect that person more.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. I think it's a beautiful exercise. I just made a note of it. have to do this with my colleagues going forward. This is a really good idea. Do you feel that this is a valid challenge when people say that they might really not be comfortable working with people who are different than they are? And have you experienced any such challenges before working with people from diverse backgrounds?
1: It's definitely a challenge for any team, because it is it is going to probably bring out certain value system you have developed over the past couple of years, right? And it's definitely going to be challenging that way. I always feel working in a diverse team, Initially, takes a lot of investment from everybody in the team. It's, it's, it's definitely a lot of investment because you really have to bring everybody into a common playing ground. That's where the equity part comes in. It's, it's, dif- it's difficult to mm-hmm. know, attain that equity. Given that everybody has their own needs and requirements in their own personal life and professional life, right? challenging part is to bring everybody on that common playground and establish the fact that this is good for the product or this is good for the company. And hence, we have to do this. Bringing them all together in that ground is going to be a difficult task. So mm-hmm. another challenge, I think, working with employees who acknowledge mm-hmm. that they have mental health condition and they are probably help professionally. Challenge there is making it making it more susceptible for the whole team and for the manager who is handling that team. Now imagine, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what it is to be a person who is dealing with mental health issues, right? Mm-hmm. A condition which is like probably depression or anxiety. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is to be. But I need to get work done by my team. And I have Mm -hmm. certain business deliverables as a manager. Now, unless I am coached or unless I am told that this is the real implications of mental health on a person's life, Mm -hmm. I will treat it as another lame reason one of my employees is giving. Or I'll have this dilemma that, Am I creating a special attention or a special request for one of my employees where all of them others might have to work more because I may not be able to give all the work I have to this specific employee because of their condition? So am I holding their condition as a liability on themselves and putting the whole team at risk? So these are some real challenges which probably managers or the leaders of the organization or fellow employees might feel at some point that is this person's personal condition or is this person's in the spirit of inclusion of for this person in my team, am I taking a hit on my own productivity or am I taking a hit on uh, my impact for the organization, right? That's a difficult real conversation to have around dni you really need to bring everybody in place like i said bringing that common ground defining what is equity for that team is important because there will be people who will be like i don't know why i'm at slogging more for this person Mm. i mean i get it i need to be inclusive of this person i will respect this person all that is fair and said but i don't want to work more because of this person not being able to work as much as Mm. they are required to Right, so these are real conversations yeah. when you are working in a diverse team to probably address is um, that it's, yeah. it's okay to have this thought. I, I mean, yeah. Yeah. very thought that someone's feeling that okay, I am getting burdened because of the other person's liability uh, is a real thought to address. So don't diminish that with the DNI agenda and say, "Oh no, no, no! It's an inclusive, inclusion first mm-hmm. organization. We should be inclusive first. Yes, that's mm-hmm. right. But address this person's thought as well because they are also feeling something at this point of time.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that is true inclusion. Then I think to hear everyone and not just uh, a certain few. Right. So definitely. At times, you see that a lot of employees will not really understand why it is important to talk about DNI and why is it important to really have diverse teams together. How how do you advocate diversity and inclusion to your colleagues who think in that direction.
1: That's a very, very, I think, yeah, one of the difficult conversations we'll need to have. Um, like I said, in the spirit of inclusion, you cannot exclude somebody who doesn't align with your thoughts, right? So we really want to create a culture where, where you would want to hear if somebody is not agreeing to what your policies or thought processes are, because maybe they are coming and and this is the blanket assumption i would always start with that they're coming from ignorance mm-hmm. than a malign thought right and that's a good assumption to start with that will give you a good segue into asking open questions mm-hmm. as to where they are coming from what is their experiences like that has shaped their values and their belief system right and, and also establish that you're not here to, you know, make it an uncomfortable place for them. You're not here to change their beliefs or their value system. That's that's beyond a company's uh, agenda for DNI, right? We are not yeah. here to do that. You're here yeah. to make make it more inclusive for this specific community, which has real implications on their personal life. So I've always brought the community members or the diverse group or people with difficulties in the workplace to if they are open about talking about it to really share what they went through. I think anybody no. in this human life, in this world would have felt excluded at some point in their life. It may no. not be with respect to sexuality or gender identity or race or caste. It could be a combination of it or it could be any one of it. Exclusion is probably a human thing, right? That's how humans function. We box people and when you box people, you are significantly excluding some others from that box. So trigger that emotion of feeling excluded in every person who is not probably understanding what is inclusion. Mm -hmm. So the best way to is ask them to feel how they felt when they were excluded in any of their historic Mm -hmm. moments. -hmm. In their past lived experience. And then just ask them to understand that would you want to be that person who would make another person in your own vicinity feel the same? I would say most of us will say no. We don't want to make, you know, not everybody wakes up every day to make another person or a fellow human being sad, right? So you don't want Mm -hmm. to make somebody feel bad because they have to work with you, you know working environment so yeah it's a difficult conversation but it's always like i said good to start with embracing their thought process as well we talk about allyship triangle triangle uh, where you have the source of the behavior and you have an ally and you have the the person who is affected nowhere we call it the person or the source of the behavior as the wrong person right? Mm-hmm. A bad person, right? those Again, the very fact that it is source of the behavior and not the person itself. So the source could be from anywhere. It could be a micro expression to a major aggression or an aggressive behavior. So we always talk about how it is ignorance and not a malign thought.
0: Yeah. Correct. I think that is a very practical advice and I can imagine how impactful it would be. Coming back to exercises like river of life that you mentioned earlier are there any more such exercises that uh, you have come across which were impactful in spreading awareness at your workplace about dni again
1: intersectionality is a catching phrase these days where uh, like i said every person is not just one specific identity they are associated with they could Mm. be a woman they could be having a sexual orientation attached to it they could be from a different caste religion there's so much intricacies of every human being i think like you mentioned addressing a specific need of DNI is gone it's a gone by conversation mm-hmm. intersectionality is the need of the hour i think you you folks were doing you folks are doing an amazing job at it the library of diversity is a brilliant exercise it, it works really best of bringing in the human angle to it, the intersectionality to it, and the very yeah. fact that um, it's a human problem to feel excluded and not a community problem. It's not that somebody from this community is feeling excluded. A human being yeah. can be feel excluded, right? So exactly. the Library of Diversity is a brilliant exercise we have done. It, it, it has worked wonders for us in establishing a yeah. simple fact that inclusion is real Around you, you don't need to go search search for inclusion on you know a nonfiction book or or yeah. some, some um, well-advised professor or somebody. It's right around you. Everybody around you uh, has some story to share. So yeah, so storytelling library of diversity has worked really best for us. What has also worked for us is to have difficult conversations at a workplace that bold conversations from leaders from your fellow co-workers bringing in that stories out always makes it a really eye-opener again it's it's a it's not something everybody can do it you may not find everybody vulnerable enough to share their story which is their own prerogative you it's great to be there as well but if somebody is out there and happy to share their story make use of it that is one one of another exercise which I really want to quote from Paramesh is Twitter is how mm-hmm. you are projecting your company outside. That is also super important. You have to walk the talk, you have to have a great branding or a brilliant workplace image outside. That brings in a lot of awareness with your own employees inside because when you are making it a public Stands, or you're making it your public commitment to do something something good for community or in the dni space mm-hmm. you are making a stronger push to your own employees to take it seriously i think you mm-hmm. you and i as employees as fellow yeah. human beings we need to put the onus on the corporate they are in this law of the land. Keep asking them the difficult question. Keep asking us, mm-hmm. who's representatives of the corporates, the difficult question that what else can you do for the community? What else can you make sure, uh, make, uh, you know, advancements in your products or policies or whatever to make the world a better place, right? So that you have mm-hmm. to be pushing back the onus on the corporate, even though it's a most capitalistic environment. Mm-hmm. They will, like I said, look into the business value and the social economic value for it and take mm. it into consideration. And I'm seeing that happening. Definitely seeing that happen.
0: One final message that you would you want to give to the person who is listening to this podcast right now?
1: I have probably one or two, two messages directed to mm-hmm. significantly two kinds of people I want to address. One is the ally, the ally community for any other communities they stand for. And the other one is the person who is part of a community or who's probably finding help. Hmm. Allies need to be vocal and visible. And vocal is a figurative way of being vocal. But allies need to take the word ally seriously. And it's uh, I love the fact that you have both noun and the verb part of the word ally in English dictionary. So look at the verb part where we want you to take actions, and I'm doing air quotes here. (laughs) So (laughs) allies need to take it seriously and grow a spine and say that I am an ally to so-and-so community. I just don't take it as a, you know, feather on my cap. I really need to take certain affirmative actions to make impact to that community. So that is, I would expect that for my own allies, and I've seen that happening. Um, For the person who is part of the community in in workplace or otherwise, I would say really latch on to where you are. If you think you need help, take help. Look up. There are people around you who is going to help you no matter what. And no matter which community you are part of or what quote unquote diverse group you are part of, it's a statement you need to always tell yourself you are definitely Mm -hmm. not alone. If you're going Mm -hmm. through certain things, if you're going through difficult times, you're definitely not alone. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, so taking away that onus of helping others and helping your own self is important. So, help yourself by staying strong. And for the allies, be there, be visible, and be vocal for the community you stand for.
0: Thank you so much, Harsha, for taking time and sharing your experiences with us today. And I think. I have made quite a few notes. I'm sure the people listening to this podcast are going away feeling a lot more informed and productive after this conversation.
1: Thank you for doing this. This is important. And and, and some folks believe that there will be a day where the DNI will not be addressed or there will be no need to address. I would say that's not going to happen <laughs> till we have a human race. There will be yeah. a, you need to keep addressing it every day and what you're doing uh, with Library of Diversity or with this podcast series or with your future endeavors, right? It has to keep happening. So thank you for doing this. I was, I was, I'm really glad to be part of this.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much, Harsha. This has been a wonderful conversation. So that was my conversation with Harsha. And here are some of the key takeaways from the episode. Number one, seek help. You are never alone and it's never too late. And in the process, just like Harsha did, you might realize that you are not only helping yourself but also many others. Number two, you spend a significant time of your life at work. Make sure you address the negative biases within your team over there. Don't overlook them. There are many ways to do so in a healthy way, just like the river of life exercise. Diversity boards better products that can be sold to a larger base of consumers. Diversity in a team is a win for the company. Focus on diversity and inclusion from an early stage of your company or a startup. It will impact your results positively. And lastly, be a vocal ally. Act. It matters. Be a safe space for everyone and voice out when it matters. Thank you. If you like this episode, hit the follow button on whichever platform you're listening us from. Drop us a rating and check out the amazing stuff we are up to on libraryofdiversity.com. See you next week.